Hello and welcome to 12 Weeks, a weekly podcast where two friends, Haider, that's me, and Abdel Mahsin, keep each other accountable for the goals we want to achieve, projects we want to complete, and habits we want to develop. Why 12 weeks? Because one year is too long and 30 days is too short for meaningful change. In 12 weeks, we can write books, launch businesses, or lose a good chunk of weight. We share tips and tricks as well as discuss our struggles and celebrate our successes. Listen in for a dose of learning and inspiration. Okay, so hi, Abdul Mahsin. Hi, Haider. How are you? I'm good. How's the summer treating you since it's the end of summer now? Not bad, not bad. I'm a bit sick, which is why I'm uh, going to sound a bit stuffy. Uh, we'll try to go through this. <laughs> okay, sorry to hear that. So this 12 weeks, we started it on the 8th of August, and uh, now we're recording the second call on the 1st of September. And uh, the reason for the delay was me traveling from the 21st till the 29th. And then like I wasn't able to commit a time to the call. So my apologies for that. It happens, no worries. Yeah, thank you. Although we've not recorded, I think we both have some juicy updates. And uh, I believe the, in the last call, I had only launched the email course, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, since then, I launched the ebook. So the email course that I launched was uh, Done with Grace, which is a productivity course, which is basically like daily emails that encourage you to pay attention to your productivity and ways to improve your productivity. And then I launched the ebook, which I had worked on. Before that, like before even working on the email course, I actually wrote the ebook around two years ago, but never got around to, to publishing it. But now, like after I, I launched the email course, I felt comfortable publishing the ebook as well. Uh, and uh, I launched that last month, like in August. And uh, during my holiday, it was like a family vacation, but I spent the mornings working on an online course on writing. It's called Away With Words, and it's meant to encourage writers to feel more comfortable writing. Because many writers, what they actually do is they spend most of their time avoiding writing. So they find like anything to pro procrastinate over so they can avoid writing. And I want to help uh, writers avoid that kind of uh, uh, pattern or approach to writing. And it's actually the online course that I was working on in our previous 12 weeks, but I didn't manage to complete it. And uh, thankfully this time, not only have I completed it, I've actually launched it. So it's available online. Nice, nice. Thank you. First of all, Mabrook, congratulations. You're on a tear yeah, over, <laughs> over there. Congrats on the launch. That sounds great. Away with words. So let's say I sign up. Uh, you're going to teach me how to avoid some of the distractions. Some of the obstacles, yeah? Yeah, so the course is uh, split into two main parts. The first part is uh, describes the writing process, which consists of uh, 10 steps. And actually, I begin with step zero, which is defining your body of work. 
because a lot of uh, writers, they don't struggle with the piece that they're working on. What they actually struggle with or what sometimes holds them back is not having a clear vision of the kind of writer they want to be. So that's something that like, I begin from. And the process goes all the way up to promotion. So even after your writing, what do you need to do as like uh, by way of actually like uh, allowing your writing to spread? Because you shouldn't just focus on the writing itself. You should also be able to promote your writing. Um, but uh, again, like, so th- that's the first part of the writing course. And like um, two main ideas behind explaining the writing process is that you shouldn't skip steps. So many writers, for example, they skip the outlining step and they try to dive straight into writing. But when they do that, sometimes they it's not clear what they need to write or what path they're going to take in their writing. So they feel like they get stuck as they're writing. And it's because they don't have a good outline. And the other common mistake is that writers mix between steps. So if, for example, you're writing, you shouldn't be editing yourself as you write. And if you do edit yourself or if you judge or question your writing as you write, you're going to get stuck. So these are the kinds of tips that I give. And like I explained the entire writing process and that's the first part. And then the second part, I address common obstacles to writing. And that section is actually uh, it's presented as what writers tell themselves when it comes to writing and how what they say to themselves can hold them back. So, for example, uh, who am I to write about this? And that's usually like it's known as imposter syndrome. And it holds back a lot of writers because they assume they don't have the qualifications or the expertise to write about the subject that they want to write about. So like, uh, I think I have like 20 obstacles that like uh, each lesson helps uh, writers overcome depending on what they find most relevant mm. to them. Mm. It seems like a lot of uh, content that's, and you cover everything A to Z. I try to, and like, again, uh, I kind of launched with something and the goal is to actually fle- like elaborate further based on the feedback that I get. So if some participants would say, but I also struggle with this, or what should I do uh, when I face this situation? I want to incorporate that into the course. So by the end of it, writers would have like a reference point or a place that they can go back to, uh, to make sure that they can, that it will help them overcome their writing challenges. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. I like that sort of a, a feedback loop. When you were talking about uh, having an outline before you start writing, and what ends up happening is if you don't do that, you end up midway through uh, a piece and then you don't know how to continue or you get stuck. I must admit, I've, I've done that way too many times where I start writing something, like I have an idea for something and I quickly rush to to write it out, not to outline it first. And in my mind, it's because I don't want to forget this thought or this idea that crossed my mind. And so I just start writing right away. And then midway, I find myself questioning like, ah, should this really be written? 
Like, is, is there really a strong enough idea that I'm trying to communicate or message that I'm trying to communicate? Or am I just laughing? And then I just stare at that screen and this post is halfway complete. And either I just like leave it and never come back to it, or I just erase everything that I've written and just forget about it. You know? Yeah. So uh, if you do feel inspired and if you uh, do have an idea that that's clear in your mind, you can write about it, but you have to know that most likely that's a fragment of a bigger piece. And if the general outline of that piece is not clear, uh, you would have to go back a step to define the outline and then find uh, where that piece you've written uh, falls within that, uh, like within the article or whatever it is you're producing. So like, just because you don't have a, an outline doesn't mean you can't write. You can, you can write, but then you'd be able to anticipate a writing challenge if the piece that you're writing is more complicated than the fragment that you've written. Uh, and so you have to go back to, to actually create the outline. Okay, okay. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, that's interesting. The, the course seems very, very interesting. It's, it's any, some of the stuff you're talking about are definitely some things that I've struggled with before. Where I'm at is I'm trying to strike this balance between putting a system in place, system slash process for writing, uh, and at the same time, keeping it a bit loose so that I maintain the joy out of you know, writing and communicating ideas and not making it too rigid. Where do you stand regarding that, between art and, let's say, having it systematized? Uh, there's um, like a famous uh, quote, I, do, I don't recall who said it, uh, but he said, I only write when I'm inspired and I see to it that I'm always inspired at 9 a.m. in the morning, like 9 a.m. So like it's the, the combination of inspiration, but also having like a set routine. And like, I, I don't like depending on the kind of writer and what they feel most comfortable with. Uh, for me personally, I don't have like a set routine in terms of showing up at a specific time. So maybe like I wake up one morning at 6.30 and then I start writing or 8.30 and I start writing. For me, I would suspect and like I've not done this, but if I need to wake up at a certain time, I'd probably be too stressed to actually write. So I think of it as morning. I don't think of it as 9 a.m., for example. But again, like I think that depends on like the uh, writer's preferences. But what I would say is that Usually inspiration comes when you show up and uh, you can kind of invoke inspiration or the muse, as it's called, by starting to write. No matter how bad the writing is, when you start to write, you gain clarity on what you're trying to express. And like you can think of it as what I'm writing now, I will probably throw away, uh, but I'm using it as a way of getting into the flow of writing. And then once you get started with that, even if you've written two pages that you think are complete crap, they've actually led you to the point where you can start writing the quality stuff. And again, uh, like you'd have to separate between writing and editing. So write, like think of the message that you're trying to convey and then write no matter how bad the writing is. When you get to the editing part, then you can say, 
okay, this section is weak. Like the example I give is too cliche. People are familiar with it. I need to change it into a different uh, example. Whatever it may be, whatever adjustments you need to make, that's a separate step. You shouldn't question your writing as you write. Mm. Okay. Sounds like a very interesting course. Any uh, setting up this course on Teachable. You have it on Teachable, right? Yes. How, what was the process like? Was it difficult to set up on Teachable? I think it, it, like Teachable has some unnecessary friction. Uh, so, for example, the way I built the course is that I started by creating sections and just adding lessons with just a title for me to get a sense of what the overall structure of the course is going to be like. So basically that was the outline of the course uh, before I started writing in each lesson, okay? But with Teachable, let's say I have 10 lessons and I'm writing out the first one. If I save the first one and I publish it, now it's ready. Like I just need to move on to the next lesson. I can't press a next lesson button so I can move to the next part and then flushing it out. I have to go back to the curriculum page, which is like the outline, and then press a link on each of the lessons. And so that became a bit frustrating, especially when I know that it could have been designed better. Like I thought that could have been improved. And then the setup part, like launching the actual course, uh, it felt like there was um, there was uh, like a lot to include or like a lot of details here and there. It wasn't very clear what actually needs to be completed and what it's going to look like, that kind of thing. But overall, like setting such like a website or a course up without Teachable would have taken much longer and would have been way more complicated. So you having a tool like Teachable is useful. But I'm also going to try out um, like a local um, platform called My Mentor, and the benefit with that is that it has direct integration with tap payments or like uh, local payment gateways. Uh-huh. So yeah, okay. yeah. So I was gonna, I was going to ask, what was the payment like, like setting up the payment on Teachable? How how did you manage to do that? I'm actually using. Uh, so I do have a PayPal account. I've set that up for the basic package that's included. Like when I set the price, I set the price in dollars and and I had PayPal as the setting for the payment. But I also included a tap link and the frequently asked questions as another form of uh, making a payment. Okay, so that would be manual payment. People would pay on uh, through tap and then I would have to uh, add them to the course. Ah, okay, okay. All right. Yeah, it seems like it would be something that works for at least the beginning. And then you're thinking of moving the course to this local platform? Yes, or at least uh, make it available through the local platform. It would make it easier for people uh, like uh, in Kuwait or in the region to get the course using TAP directly. Mm, very nice. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole point is to not overcomplicate and use the available tools that people are familiar with. Instead of focusing on the logistics and the setup, you focus on the content and delivering it. Yes, exactly. So I mentioned this as part of the writing process because one of the steps is publishing. 
And sometimes people worry about publishing or about uh, even the design. Like even if, if it's a blog post, I don't know if you've experienced this. Sometimes when you worry about where to find good images, it prevents you from writing. So with creating the course, like I was worrying about the pricing and then I would stop writing. I would worry about payment gateway and I would stop writing. So like that's not what I... What I encouraged is, or like what I wanted to follow is not to worry about the logistical, technical stuff so I can focus on the actual content and making it available. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, seems like a smart choice. Thanks. Okay, so I wanted to know, I don't know if you can tell, but I'm as excited as you You are. Okay, maybe you are a bit more excited because it's your courses, (laughs) but I don't know, I'm excited for you. Thank you. Yeah, done with grace and uh, away with words. What's any path forward? Are you going to now focus on those two and sort of tweak them, make them better, start marketing them and and things like that? Or are you moving to another piece of content that you want to create or course that you want to create? So uh, I want to continue working on product development and promotion, like in parallel. And I feel it is important to continue creating uh, products because I feel like I have a lot that I want to share. So like, uh, it's kind of like therapy for me, knowing that I'm having this opportunity to share my ideas. So I will continue uh, creating products, but at the same time, products don't really sell themselves. So I have to either continue promoting them or set up systems where like I'd have online like um, ad campaigns or something that allows me to automate the promotion process. So that aspect is important and I need to look into setting that up. So for example, Instagram ads or having uh, like a a free short email course that would encourage people to sign up to a paid course, these kinds of things. Yeah, that's something that I want to work on in parallel to uh, product development. Okay, and and by product development you mean a third offering, yes? Third, fourth, fifth. Okay. Okay, Heiderig, I remember. Yes. <laughs> nice, exactly. nice, nice. It's amazing when once you get clarity and once you have momentum, I guess it becomes rewarding as you're publishing, as you're interacting with people, as people start to hear about your content, purchase your uh, courses. That's great. Very nice. Now, uh, yeah, it does feel good, but at the same time, I know I have to work on like more on promotion, even like improving done with grace, improving uh, away with words. But I, I need a bit more feedback to make sure that I'm taking the products in the right direction. It's beautiful. Thank you. Cool, cool, cool. Well, on the other end of the spectrum is yours truly, still sort of stuck and still struggling with pushing out a guide <laughs> still. So in these past two weeks, I've made a an interesting decision regarding the guide. I realized that there is a mini guide that's part of this guide that I'm trying to write. And I thought to myself, hmm, why don't I just extract this mini guide and just launch it so that it becomes, so at least that I have momentum, let's say. And then that could be, let's say, a free 
mini guide and then the upsell is the full guide let's say because with this mini guide you can get value out of it like it's it's complete guide in and of itself but it can also be part of this bigger guide and the whole intention again is if i extract this mini guide then i can launch quicker potentially get that yes. momentum and then try to feed it into this this bigger guide which isn't by the way too big <laughs> but in comparison it is i guess so i set a very very aggressive deadline for myself which is to have this sort of mini guide done and published by the end of this week so i have about 6 days remaining to do that okay and how far are you into this mini mini guide so the mini mini guide is about i think 1500 words so you can even say it's 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 just like a, a blog post for some i'm a, let's say about 90 95% done with it i just want to edit it a few times and i think there's uh, one part that uh, is missing a an example i just have like a, a placeholder text and i want to go back it, it just says write the story about blah 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 and i just need to go back and and write that chunk out okay now that sounds good because you're having a skeleton which is like the outline and you yeah. know where the pieces go and then you're able to flesh them out but again my recommendation would be flesh them out like don't be too critical on what you write just write it out and then during the editing think for yourself like is this sentence really required can i simplify this as this word like too complicated i can use a simpler word or i can use a word that evokes the right kind of emotions like sometimes you don't want technical jargon if you want people like if you want your writing to resonate with people sometimes you have to avoid the technical jargon and use something that like a word they would use you know like these are things to look out for when you're editing not as you're writing mm. yeah 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 that's true i will definitely keep that uh, in mind so the other thing is it's sort of similar to what you mentioned earlier uh, on this call uh, regarding uh, images wherein you would stop writing and just spend a lot of time looking for the right image and that would delay you from actually finishing what you what you're trying to write so with this mini guide there are some um, like sketches some simple sketches it's like a venn diagram and and things like that and uh, uh, initially i wanted you know to even hire someone from upwork to you know make the sketches make it look nice and all of that but then i decided this is just an additional unnecessary thing and i don't need it to publish and so what i did was i drew these sketches by hand myself nice yeah so they look very rough but i think it adds character to yes, the to the so. yeah and i just scanned them and i uh, dropped them into the word file mm-hmm. so i am planning on publishing this by the end of this week with these drawings which are scans of my own sketches <laughs> so we'll see how it goes and in my mind i can always go back and like eventually make nicer looking ones and update it. So I don't want to stress over those sketches a lot. Okay, no, I think it's great. And even if it's, uh, so are you thinking of publishing it as 
like a, a digital guide or like a physical guide? So, like I mentioned, it's it's, it's no more than a thousand five hundred uh, words. So I'm probably just going to publish it as if it were a post on my website. Okay. But instead of you know, instead of it being with the uh, in the blog role, it would have its own page. So it would be www.atl.com forward slash opportunity filter is what I'm calling it, or idea filter. I still haven't okay. decided yet. Okay. So it would have its own page. And in my mind, eventually, I'll add the upsell once it's ready, the bigger guide, at the end of this uh, page to like, okay. download or purchase okay. the... Yeah, so in that case, even if you do launch with something, uh, like even if, if you're not happy with the sketches, you can always use what you have as a placeholder. And then once you have something better, you can replace the sketches. Exactly. Again, yeah, exactly. it's not something that needs to stop you from writing or from publishing. Exactly. Correct. And I really do believe that this will give me a bit of uh, momentum, even though it's more or less just another blog post, you know, or you could view it as such. But hey, I'm trying to test this uh, out. You know, this this thing, uh, this guy has taken me, <laughs> what now, four or five months to finish. And, and I think it's, uh, anyway, we've already discussed this uh, and I don't want to repeat it too much, but I think it has to do with just me not having 100% clarity over what messages I want to deliver through this guide. Yeah. And, and actually, I think this, like what may be a contributing factor is having multiple messages in mind. So if you think about a very specific problem that you can make just a single problem that the guide will address, I think that will help you gain clarity because sometimes like when you allow one idea to branch off into uh, multiple ideas, then it becomes difficult to be specific on what problem you're trying to solve. You end up trying to solve too many problems uh, within a single product. So, and yeah, that can become a challenge as well. Yeah, that's very true. That makes a lot of sense. You know, a part of me for a split second, and again, I don't want to overthink this, but a part of me is thinking like if I launch this and it's, quote unquote, a mini guide and it's a thousand to a thousand five hundred words. But if it resonates with a lot of people and they like the length and things like that, I might even consider you know, just delivering these mini guides as mini guides, you know, it doesn't have to eventually be a bigger guide. It could be smaller guides that address, as, as you're saying, simpler or smaller problems. Yes. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. One of the goals of the writing course is to help people write more. Okay. And there's a very common misconception with writers about like, if you want to write more, you have to, you personally write more content. Okay. Uh, but curation is also a form of creation. You're actually producing something that's not entirely dependent on you creating like the whole work. So for example, a book review or a book recommendation or a list of book recommendations can be just as valuable, if not more valuable than writing original content. Like I mean, the whole piece being dependent on you sharing everything. So with your mini guides, it could be like a roadmap of if you're interested in this, this is what you can do next. It could be a checklist afterwards. It could be a reading list. It could be 
product to buy, whatever it may be, you're guiding them towards something else that you've not created. But that is also valuable. Like we shouldn't overlook the value uh, in guiding people towards other people's writings or other people's creations. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. That's very well put. I might incorporate that in the sense, and at, the, at the end of the guide, further, uh, you know, resources that help you with the same problem, but that references other people's work. Might do it that way. Yeah, it's cool. Great. But yeah, that's where I'm at with the um, with the guide that I have yet to launch. But the aggressive goal is is the end of this week, just to push it out there, and then uh, think about the next step. Okay. One thing I've noticed, I think in these uh, 12 weeks, we've not talked much about habits, or at least me personally, I've not been thinking too much about it. And actually, so what's interesting, uh, at least for me, is that the products I work on are based on personal needs. Like when I struggle with productivity, I write about productivity so I can gain some clarity or know what practical steps I need to take to improve my productivity. The same with like the writing course, it was to help me like clarify my approach to writing and what obstacles like I might face and then talk my way out of those obstacles. And like the next product I'm thinking about is uh, in terms of, there are two ideas that I'm working on or like thinking about. They're related to uh, life balance. So how can I, pursue progress or success in different areas of my life and not to focus on just one area. And the other aspect is um, just like developing habits and sticking to them. So even like when it comes to exercise, when it comes to like meditation, these things, there are many habits that I know about, but I'm not actually committing to. So like this is an area I feel like I need to explore for myself to make sure that I stick to the habits that I want to develop. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I don't know what your, like your impression of the habits that you're looking to stick to for these 12 weeks. It's an interesting take. Uh, if I understand what you just explained uh, correctly, it's a way for you to reflect on the habits themselves, right? And in your mind, that's going to help you maintain those habits, right? Yes. So uh, like with writing or like when I think uh, of a topic and how to explain it and simplify it to someone else, it helps me simplify it to myself. So like with habits, there are so many tips or so many suggestions that it can be overwhelming. But if I actually want to help someone else improve their habits, what kind of advice would I give? So I think of it in this way to come up with an approach that's simplified for me to follow. Okay, so like with with product creation, I usually like I'm scratching my own edge and then like whatever I share with others happens to benefit them as well. Yeah, I mean, my response to this conversation about habits is going to sound like a broken record. The advice that has resonated with me and has been working for me is, you know, systems over goals. I've been using that. It has been working. I've mentioned this uh, multiple times. It's been effective for me. As you've mentioned before, different things work for different people. So you just have to find out what works for you, I guess, when it comes to habits. Yeah. Hopefully in the next uh, call, I'll have a good update in that front. 
Yeah, and and I mean regarding habits, I don't want to I don't want to attempt to sound like a I know what I'm talking about when it comes to habits because I don't. There are many habits that I want to maintain, that I want to develop, and I have yet to be successful in doing so. So even this idea of focusing on systems as opposed to goals has worked for me for multiple uh, things or multiple habits, but not all. Okay. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, but I think it's worth <laughs> noting, like, what's your experience been with this idea? And then where does it work and where it doesn't? So people are aware of, like, the variables at play. Because sometimes, you know, like, maybe it's working for uh, smaller habits or with uh, what you're trying to do is clear, but anything that lacks clarity, it's falling apart. You know, like, uh, knowing... Yeah. Yeah. Your own, like your personal experience, might be useful to others and to me. That's true. As you're saying this, what comes to mind is, and this is going to sound very cheesy, but no matter what technique you use, or no matter, or at least from what I've experienced, no matter what, uh, no matter the approach I take in order to develop a habit, if it doesn't start with me actually caring enough about developing this habit, no technique is gonna is gonna work. You know? Yeah, that's true. So, and, and it sounds cheesy. It. Like, yeah, you have to want it. You know, and, and if someone approaches like, how can I develop this habit? I don't know. Do you want it? Yeah, it's it's yeah. this response isn't going to help much, but it's the truth. You know? Yeah, uh, no, it's it's very true. Because I was uh, I was recently thinking about this. Like, uh, I, I'm reading into uh, like learning and how how to improve learning, and I thought to myself, I want to try it. Like I want to apply some techniques to learning a new language. Then I thought to myself, I'm really not motivated right now to learn any language. So like, it's not going to work. Like from the get go, I'm going to kill it. So it's not worth putting the, like investing time and effort trying to develop something that you really don't want to develop. You're just going to frustrate yourself, I guess. Waste a bit of time and money as well, probably. (laughs) Yeah, probably. But yeah, just re- really quick about uh, habits. Uh, something that I've struggled with uh, before starting these uh, 12 weeks was, you know, hitting my, uh, a daily step count, you know, walking throughout the day and things like that. As soon as I've uh, incorporated the system, tracking, you know, a daily target of I want to be walking 8,000 to 10,000 steps a day, connecting it to this uh, Streaks app. I've seen a, a huge leap the way I go about my day, even uh, at work. If I find myself just sitting there procrastinating, doing nothing, uh, I'll just get up and walk around. Just walk around, you know. And it's become a habit. And I, you know, I track it on my phone and things like that. So it's been motivating me. But I've been doing this now for about a month and a half. A month and a half. So before before this month and a half, I used to average about four thousand steps a day. Now I'm averaging about uh, eight thousand to nine thousand steps a day. Yeah, which is a significant leap. You're talking about double the amount. So that's been nice. Yeah, that's that has been working. Yeah, and it feels good. Uh, you know, besides, I'm, I'm sure there are health benefits or whatever, but you, you also feel good throughout. The day. Yeah, you gain confidence, like in your ability to stick to something. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And even if I, okay, so some days, uh, uh, so it's a tougher task to go to the gym, obviously, than to walk. So in the days where, uh, you know, something comes up unexpected or what or whatnot, uh, and I can't make it to the gym, 
uh, I won't feel too bad because I'll just look at my step count and be like, okay, at least I walked, you know, 12,000 steps, 12,000 steps a day. Or if I, if I'm at 8,000 and I find out that I can't make it, I'll be like, okay, let, let me just at least get up and walk more today mm-hmm. just because I'm not going to make it to the gym. Yeah. Uh, which is also nice. Excellent. That's as far as, uh, as far as habits. If you don't mind, I want to give a quick update regarding the table. Train, yeah. Uh, you're yeah. calling a table because well, you want to change that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because the name is changing. No, but really quick, if I, if I can squeeze this, uh, in this yeah, uh, episode. So there has been uh, a decent progress with the table. The uh, designers uh, are coordinating with uh, two manufacturers who are currently working on samples. And uh, they'll, the samples should be uh, ready on the 4th of September, so in three days' time from this recording. And they've already booked their fl- So the designers are from uh, South Korea, and they've already booked their flight to be coming into Kuwait with those two samples this Friday. Excellent. So on the 7th, I think, is it? Or the 6th of September. If everything, the ideal situation is they bring in these two samples, uh, you know, we check the quality of these uh, samples, everything is according to what we had planned for, and we give it the green light. All we're going to do is just to, you know, check the minor, minor, minor details uh, to decide which manufacturer to go with because each sample is made uh, by a different manufacturer. Mm. So we're trying to decide between the two. And then uh, everything is okay. You know, we decide which one and they, they go back to, you know, they go back to South Korea, but I keep the two samples. And now I can get started with, you know, a bit of photography. We're going to set up the website for this thing and we can start taking pre-orders as soon as, you know, the market, marketing collateral is ready and things like that. Excellent. Yeah, I think that's a huge leap forward. That is a huge leap, but keep uh, keeping in mind that uh, you know this is the uh, best case scenario, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, bearing any let's say major changes to the way the table looks, or any anything major to the, to the table itself, because we don't want to end up you know taking pictures of this table and then the actual product that people will end up with looks totally different, you know or different enough. So if that's not the case, then we're good to go. And we can start working on things like, uh, you know, marketing collateral and uh, taking pre-orders. What I'd also like to do is if the two samples are usable and they should be, then I'm considering, you know, starting a little like, I don't know, like a teaser kind of thing where I send these tables to two different people and they keep these tables for a week and use them. And then, you know, report feedback, things like that, social media. We can use their feedback and then I can take them back and then give them to other people that uh, can try it out. You know, just try to start uh, a bit of word of mouth and we'll see how it goes. That sounds great. I would like to mention one thing because sometimes when we talk about design, we refer to it as an iterative process and uh, we tend to say going back to the drawing board or, you know, like the idea of uh, going back and making changes is common. But the way I like to see it is that it's not really going back. Uh, you can think of it as like a spiral stairway where every iteration is actually moving you forward or moving you up. Because no matter what, you've learned something. Even if there's something that you need to change, 
we've actually discovered what needs changing. So that is progress. And I think like uh, it's worth celebrating the fact that you, you're getting to know more about the product that you're building and uh, obviously the problem you're solving. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, spiral stairway event. <laughs> Thank you for that. That's amazing. <laughs> That's a really nice way to look at it. Yeah, because it certainly does uh, feel that way. And as you've mentioned, you know, before even uh, giving it to someone, I want to make sure that it's because this product started as a scratch your own edge kind of thing. Yeah. So before even handing it over to someone, someone to try it, I want to try it myself. Yeah. See how I use it and, and things like that. But yeah, uh, I mean, end of this week is going to be huge <laughs> for this project. So hopefully everything goes according to plan. Yeah, me too. And uh, I'm looking forward to our next update. Yeah, same here, same here for sure. Okay. Thank you very much, and I'll speak to you soon. Thank you. Talk to you Good soon. Good luck. Take care. Bye. You too. Bye-bye. If you found this episode useful, we would highly appreciate it if you can spread the word and share the love. And if you're inspired to start your own 12 weeks, find yourself an accountability partner and don't delay this any further. Aim for progress, not perfection. It's time to apply what you know to make the changes you want to see in your life. That's it from us for this week. See you next week.